and, and welcome everybody. This is BMP Weekly episode 154, uh, which is pretty mind-blowing actually. Um, so thank you, thank you, Valdek, and also helping us scheduling these meetings um, or things, you know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For a thing that we just started doing without a bigger plan, like we're holding strong, strong, I guess. Yeah, I, consistency brings trust because people know that stuff is happening consistently in every single week. So almost every single week, except yes. for the holiday. And, exactly. Okay. So we're here every week except the weeks that we aren't here. That's true. And uh, now that's being super consistent. Now uh, <laughs> on this episode, we have Varchaman uh, joining us from Valo Solution um, and a great discussion actually related on the Microsoft Teams and Microsoft 365 platform development. He's really been focusing on Microsoft Teams side of the house uh, and investigating and building scenarios. Um, he represents Valo Solutions, which recently got actually acquired by the staff-based company and, and basically designing and building experiences in, inside of Microsoft 365. Well, Valo is doing that. Staffbase has their uh, other offerings as well, but really, really cool setup and discussion. Now, uh, in the BNP Weekly, I always talk about the latest on Microsoft 365 platform and focusing on a platform side. Typically, we have a visitor in these shows as well, and we talk in <laughs> Finglish. <laughs> so, yes, we always have a guest, except when we don't. Yes, thank you. Thank you for translating. <laughs> My name is Cesar Yuvonen. I'm a program manager in the Microsoft 365 platform side. And with me as a co-host, uh, Waldek. Hi, everybody. My name is Waldek Mastikas, and I am cloud developer advocate for Microsoft 365 at Microsoft. Excellent. Today is 17th of uh, February, and we're recording this. Typically, we record on Monday and publish out on Tuesday. But now we're doing this a bit earlier because I will have a family vacation next week and uh, will be taking some time off, which is good. So. I, I didn't have a tight time to take a time off in during holiday season, so I guess this is now fine to have. Oh, a few this days. is a holiday. Well, I mean, it's school holiday season. Yeah, it's school holiday. It's the in the northern hemisphere uh, across different countries. It's the the uh, winter break time, basically. So right now, spring, spring, spring break already. I don't know. Well, in Finland, it's called winter break. It's still winter. In, yeah, because, because it's, it's still winter. It's not spring yet. So. <laughs> You have winter like from September to April, right? And then, exactly. then and you have <laughs> fair point. That's actually a good point. It's called spring break in in some countries. That that is actually a good point. Anyway, so let's jump on the on the interview with Vartaman, which we just recorded before uh, the recording this one, and then we'll do the articles right after that. Welcome, Varshaman, uh, to our BMP Weekly Show 154. And uh, you're actually second time on the show, but um, yep. before we start on the topic of this show and, and deep diving on what you've been doing lately, can you do a quick intro as who you are and what do you do for a living? Yeah, sure. So, Vartaman Deshpande, uh, I've been in the Microsoft 365 space for over 10 years now. Uh, I remember I started at like 2011 or something, right? Right from like you know sandbox solutions and Silverlight client object yeah. model, that that sort of <laughs> stuff. Uh, so good old days. Remember all that painfully. But that uh, was no. the right. That was the <laughs> at least from our perspective, that was the thing what we were pushing as the new thing, uh, the yeah, new shiny yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Too, so. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We seem so to be doing that. We learn from it. We learn from it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, uh, uh, mostly been as a developer uh, up until like a few years ago, then kind of moved into like, you know, technical architect, uh, lead architect role. And a couple of years ago, joined Valo, which, for, which I've been since then, I've been mo focused mostly on teams 
Uh, and most recently, I have the lead architect role where I focus on uh, all of the Valo products, all the common infrastructure needed, uh, the platform, uh, common libraries, SDKs, you know, uh, GDPR stuff. So all, all, all of that, uh, I'm, I'm responsible for that. But uh, also worked on a product at Valo, Valo for uh, based on mostly Teams. Um, and then most recently, I have been also looking at you know Teams meeting extensions, uh, which uh, I think we discussed a few few in another call. So happy, you know. So yeah, that's that's a bit uh, that's a bit about me. Yeah, um, and you're based in uh, London, UK, wasn't it the case? Correct. Yeah. So I I live Best in times. London. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I live there. So but for uh, so the last five months, I have been living with family in India. Uh, that we had a baby whose first birthday is tomorrow, so that's why we had a, had this call today and not tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so yeah, for, we have been visiting family and uh, living with the grandparents for the last four or five months, and we can do that because of you know teams and remote, remote working and yep. uh, things like that. So yep. really happy that we could do this. So next next month we're going back again in March uh, back to the UK. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is just exactly on time when the sun comes back and you can see yes. some light as exactly. opposed to yes. gray exactly. and rainy. And... Exactly. Hey, you mentioned you mentioned that um, you're building primarily Teams apps. Can you tell us like what kind of apps do you build? What what do they do? How do they help users? Uh, right. So the first product which I worked on for Teams was uh, it used uh, so it, it it was essentially an ideation solution. Uh, people are using Teams, someone posts an idea, uh, people don't want that idea to get lost in the Teams chat, the conversation. So there was a way to, you know, uh, pick that message and promote it as a as an idea. And then people can collaborate on it and, and, and so on. So it was basically an ideation solution. Uh, so there was like a Teams bot involved, there was messaging extension. So the messaging extension could, like, you know, you could say with the messaging extension that, you know, this this message can be a great idea. Uh, where you click on the three dots and the uh, you could submit it as, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously the dashboard was uh, SPFX powered Teams app and, and and so on. So there was like a lot of the you know Teams extensibility points were involved in that app. Mm-hmm. Um, so that 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 basically was like my introduction to the you know Teams dev dev platform. Uh, at that point, like there was so many different as even now like. I'll, well, like, I'll, I'll talk to you about this, like you posted the reference card. Even now, there's mm-hmm. so many different things you need to know just for Teams there. But two years ago, that list was even bigger. Yeah. Uh, like the okay. <laughs> Teams. Uh, so teams. we are improving. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> uh, Which is good to hear. Uh, yeah, exactly. So the, uh, for one example, I remember is the Teams bot SDK was different to the bot framework SDK. Yeah. The Teams bot SDK wasn't part of the bot framework, but then later it was merged. And so so you had lots of issues like, you know, version mismatches. This version of Adaptive Card SDK doesn't work with this version of bot framework. And this and this doesn't work with this version of Teams bot. So, yeah, you know, finally was able to find the right, you know, puzzle, jigsaw puzzle. Combination, and, and yeah. Combination yeah. <laughs> of the SDKs. And, yeah, was able to do that. But, yeah, it uh, was fun. Was fun. After a lot of uh, doing SPFX for a few years, moving into Teams was, yeah, you know, a uh, good, good, good uh, trial by fire. 
<laughs> well, isn't that always the case when you're learning kind of a new technology, new, new platform? Yeah, 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 so, exactly. so trying to then figure out what's available. And I guess you, you said already that we improved a lot on that area, right? Correct, correct, right. So um, uh, the teams uh, the, uh, at that point, the App Studio was the way to configure the apps, but now the developer portal is is a very very good experience. And uh, the team's uh, toolkit uh, is, is also pretty helpful. It gives you like, you know, point and click way to configure your apps, include tabs and stuff. So that uh, that makes things easy uh, nowadays. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and yeah. And, and for sure, the documentation has been improved a lot. So that's that's always correct, yeah, for correct. sure. The, the key challenge is that, well, if the documentation is not up to date, it doesn't really matter what kind of tooling and, and capabilities you have because you don't know how to use them. So, but yeah, yeah. I know that Cloud Advocates, among the other people, been really, really focusing on the Teams platform documentation. So yeah. hat off Waldex for your team uh, being involved there as well. For my team, yes. And, oh, and yeah, I have to. I have <laughs> to you can claim it. You can claim it. Come on. So, no, 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 no. Let it go. Recreate. No more me and all of the other ones. So sorry yeah. about. Yeah, part. I have to. I have to mention that you know if uh, if, if there's any questions or something, I just like you know mention either Waldeck or Rabia on Twitter, and they are they are responsive. So uh, yeah. so you get at least something back, like you know, uh, that they they, put, they can point you in the right direction or maybe connect you to the right people. And then you're able to find it. So definitely, uh, you know, Waldex team is definitely helping uh, helping us out a lot in that yeah. sense. Thank you. Um, another thing that I wanted to ask, right? So you said you you build uh, Teams apps. How do customers look at them? Are there is that something they're asking for? Are they already there, or are they still in an in an early stage adopting Teams? Like, where do you see them? B and do you see that demand increasing over time or or not? So uh, what we have seen mostly is um, not the customers themselves, but like we work with partners and partners are entrusted with increasing teams adoption. So one of the ways mm -hmm. they kind of in increase teams adoption is by like you know uh, installing or provisioning these apps. So if people use uh, the apps, then naturally they live more in teams. So they definitely the partners who want teams to be adopted, adoption and stuff like that, that that part definitely uh, plays a role. Um, also, like as far as like, you know, Valo specifically is concerned, the, the flagship product still is the intranet or the digital workplace. Um, uh, and, and, and that has to also work in teams. Then you can also like, you know, um, introduce other 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 apps around it, like, you know, the intranet is great news and everything that that works great but then you you can have other other uh, comms solutions living there right. as well yeah um, yeah. yeah it's it's definitely so, growing though so it's definitely the, the the demand for it is definitely growing as uh, as we go along and i guess that is also an interesting thing you mentioned now that being an isv you have the ability to expose the customers to other areas that they wouldn't, that I might not even think about initially otherwise, right? Like like being an SI or somebody who builds apps specific for a customer request, like you might often have to work with things like envisioning environments, like basically show customers what they can do so that they can use that when they ideate the solutions that they want to use in a workplace. Whereas ISV, you, you already have that step because you introduce your product and along with it, you can introduce like, like hey, this is like, th this is the main way you can interact with us, but there's also 
few other ways in which you can bring the info that we offer into the context of your work. So you don't, so our app doesn't need to be destination, but you can also expose pieces of that in other places uh, where employees work, right? Correct. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and you know, uh, yeah, uh, so for, for us, uh, like we think of Teams as just another front end to expose the application. So mobile is one, desktop is another, and Teams is like, uh, you know, uh, just another way. So it's not just, you know, our product should work on the phone, in the browser, uh, they should also work in Teams. It's like a natural uh, front end uh, yep. for, for, the, for, the, for the product. So that's definitely how we think about it. And that's really the key on the partnership with the Microsoft and partners and ISVs as well, because it actually benefits both sides. So yeah. you're then promoting the teams as well, and then you help to show how your your functionalities and your applications will help to show the best of the team's platform. And then that actually will generate an interest among other partners as well, which obviously you don't want to do it, but of course it's in the um, shared interest of everybody growing the ecosystem because that helps on, on growing the usage uh, of the platform as well. So of course okay. it would be awesome if there wouldn't be any other partners than Valo, right? And Valo would be the only one and <laughs> using that. It's called so. Monopoly. You don't want to go there. <laughs> Uh, another, thing, another thing that I'm interested in is because you you mentioned you're building apps that are exposed on the web, standalone apps, mobile, and whatnot. What is the challenge that you see thinking about building and building these apps across all the different experiences and places? Like, how do you? Is it hard? Like, what are different things you have to take into account? It is. It is definitely hard. Uh, because, uh, like, you know, there's small things, like uh, maybe there's, there's a specific device which contains a specific version of Teams uh, where something specific is broken. So, like, you know, to debug that, you have to align so many different things and then kind of work together with our, you know, customer support engineers to kind of finally figure out the right combination to replicate that. So it's just like, you know, the, uh, the different... Um, uh, devices out there, different like you know configurations or uh, th that's just that that is so it, it is definitely hard, um, especially for uh, especially for if if it's not just a browser based application, if it's like a Teams tab, then that is slightly slightly uh, more difficult. But um, the, the good thing about building a Teams application for mobile is because Teams is already going to be installed on on like you know user phones. Right. Uh, so you just add a new tab, and that's that's it. That you you don't need to install a new app. You don't need to like if you're building a PWA, you don't need to redirect the customer to uh, a new website or something like that. So that's that's the one big advantage of like you know just building something right into Teams. It's already there. You can pin it, and then customers can start using it. So that's it's, it's like you know. Uh, it, it has advantages, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, and, and customers. The pinning, just a recap on the pinning. So, customer IT organization can pin your application to be available directly in the Microsoft Teams as the Correct. even the first application yeah. there, which is which is, Correct. for example, what we do with quite often Viva Connection and what we've done in Microsoft as well. So, yeah. Yes. Then Viva Connection brings another dimension on top of it, which is in the Viva Connection experience, you can have your additional mobile experience, yes. which is an yes. interesting additional dimension, which are then linking back to your team's application. So it's like, yes. wait. <laughs> <laughs> which is the correct 
point of entry that yeah. that's the question yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh, yeah i've 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 uh, for this teams product itself i played around with uh, an adaptive card extension based on spfx as well uh, i think it was like a slightly uh, like maybe few months ago and uh, yeah it's it's like a quick you know nice quick glance of uh, your ideas like just for that where you click on one and then you're taken to the actual application so yeah. i think for what what it wants to do it uh, adaptive card extensions work really well in that in that case like you know uh, like someone someone uh, i was i was showing it internally to someone and then someone said like you know this seems really like you know tiktok or something where people just want a quick quick glance, <laughs> of, quick, quick glance of something <laughs> yep swipe next swipe yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so that's what, well, uh, but that's that's certainly the idea because of the, the well with the viva connection mobile experience is that you can do the the quick operations and actions and quick glance in there but then for the actual let's yeah, say you can focused work there, yeah. you can go to the specialized applications so making it easy for building those personalized experiences so Correct. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned you mentioned a few benefits uh, already, but I'd like you to recap, like like how like what benefits do you see building for Teams and 365? Like why not just build a web app? Like what benefits do you see with the fact that you can integrate your apps or even expose them inside 365? Uh, yeah, I mean that's uh, it's it's again the same thing. Like you know, uh, the 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 partners, our partners and uh, customers who we have been working with for a long time, uh, they are like you know deep into Microsoft 365. They are into Teams, and it, it's uh, easy for them to you know have that conversation with the customer that you know this this uh, is so uh, th this app is based in M365, and it's not that we only work with that. Like you know we can use like the graph api or something and build it outside uh, outside of uh, teams or uh, outside of so there's a our provisioning solution basically is basically an electron app which we are building now and then that uses you know graph api and bnp powershell and stuff to talk to sharepoint and uh, stuff like that so it's it's like what is the right use case uh, can this app what what is the point of this app can it live in teams or does it need to be outside teams or outside SharePoint? So that's the the use case. Yeah, of course it can be both. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It can be both. Uh, the, 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 it can share uh, the same set of APIs and data and can be yeah. exposed. And as I said before, like you know, Teams is another ex, ex, like uh, like another front end uh, yes. for yeah. for the apps. Yeah. So rather yeah, than forcing people again move to the full screen mode of the application, you can surface that in there. But of course, if you want to, you can access the application directly as well. So yeah, exactly. It's just exactly. Providing additional, let's say, views and perspectives on accessing the application and services, whatever the ISV is providing. So yeah. Now you you talked about already about bots. You touched the bots and messaging extensions and personal application. Can you talk about a bit on on what are the things what you built and and what is the more let's say what what's the most natural thing for you to build stuff in the in the Microsoft Teams and how you're doing that? Um, I would say I would say the most natural thing is uh, is tabs uh, because like you know it's the easiest easiest way to, to build it. But like bots are also like more 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 fun. Uh, like you know you can you can uh, um, uh, and and the thing I like about the bot framework is like you know we once you build uh, like your bot you can then 
play around with like you know multiple extension points you can uh, have it as teams maybe have it as slack as well uh, there's a bot framework works with slack as well so you can play around with that but um, yeah coming back to teams um yeah, you would only play with slack right just to be clear so <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah exactly exactly uh, but yeah the main so it, I will build, build it in production only for teams yeah yes it uh, but but yeah uh, it's uh, uh, tabs. Uh, I think uh, I've been I've been working with uh, meeting extensions more recently. I've been exploring them, and I think tabs. If you if if you if you build a tab, uh, then you can use it across multiple con- contexts in in Teams as well. So the side panel in the meeting extension is a tab. Then like you know the pre meeting post meeting experiences all are tabs. Uh, your personal tab, your uh, channel tab. So. If you if you want to kind of you know if you are building your first Teams application, I think tabs are are like you know an easy low hanging fruit where you can, uh, depending on the context, you can show different data. Um, uh, yeah, uh, so I think yeah, tabs would be the easiest thing. I think most natural thing and hit yeah. multiple. Uh, scenarios as well exactly it's just the configuration in the for the tab where it's actually going to be then surfaced and, and what adoption can you talk about bit without sharing any any information uh, too much ip and all of that's related on meeting application you mentioned that you looked into the meeting apps um, and how to extend in there um, what kind of scenarios um your your company is looking for if you can um, so, share any. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've no. just explored. <laughs> short, short answer. Yeah, short yeah. answer. Yeah, no. the answer. <laughs> yeah. I'm exploring it right now. Um, yep. I've, I've been checking it. Like the same thing which I did with like, you know, bots and tabs uh, 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 one year ago or something. I'm just checking uh, what all is possible. Can yep. we use this to enhance any of our products? Not only our Teams products, but like maybe maybe some other products, can they benefit by using the meeting apps, or or do we need to create completely new products based on meeting apps? Yeah. Uh, that's that's the one of the things which I'm uh, kind of uh, looking at right now. Um, and when you think about it that way, do you also look in other things like could you, for example, use things like Power Platform or Azure Communication Services or Fluid Relay, basically to extend the scope of your apps beyond uh, just Teams and really make even even better use of the Microsoft Cloud? Uh, Azure Communication Services, definitely. Uh, but Power Platform is not uh, our, our, like, you know, uh, we, we, it's, not, like, it's not the focus right now. Uh, so yeah, in, in case of uh, ACS, definitely we I've, I've played around with the ACS API for like you know meeting participants and uh, getting getting the uh, uh, so so that that part is definitely uh, we have explored that. But like for now, the the my exploration is just around uh, like you know uh, getting the samples, seeing how it it fits into the meeting experience like one thing i found out is that you know uh, what is still to happen is the meeting apps to work on the browser version of uh, teams uh, yeah. so it only works in the desktop and the mobile version which i think could be like you know which which is which is fair because i think most people might use it in desktop and uh, uh, phones but like you know uh, uh, for testing quickly maybe the browser version could be yeah. helpful yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
the desktop switching with profiles and desktop is, yeah, is exactly. a bit challenging. Maybe that's the right word of saying that. So. I, I think all <laughs> of us use multiple tenants and all of us, like maybe most of the people listening to this use multiple tenants and have, have, yeah. have been if, through that if, pain. If I look at the list of profiles that I have in Edge, it's two, yeah. four, six, eight, <laughs> 10, 12, <laughs> 14, 17. And half of those oh. tenants have already expired. but. You should clean it up. No, 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 so. no. Actually not. Actually not. <laughs> oh, you, so you're keeping different. things up today. Okay, so I guess I have no, like no, so 18 have or whatever. One that is tied to, no, no. So I have one that is tied to the expiring one. And like every single time it expires, I will, Ooh, I, that's I will clever. Sass, sign out and then sass, <laughs> I did. Because like yeah. I can never memorize the URL. Yes, so 20, just like 20, 25 for me. I have 25. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am not some of them are different I am on the, the low tenant, end of the number of tenants. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm in 22. So Yeah, yeah there you so. go. There yeah, you yeah. go. <laughs> I need to create a few more ideas. And, and for anybody <laughs> who's wondering, what are we actually talking? So there's, you can create multiple profiles in Edge. So you can do then testing across multiple tenants or multiple identities in the same tenant. So you can basically yeah. exactly. isolate. So that you don't need to session. sign out and in all the time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, if you're not using this, this is the best thing ever. So for yeah, anybody yeah, who's watching exactly. or listening. So. However, you're maybe lucky. you don't use it because you don't have a need for it, which is even better for your health. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. So, but yeah, as a as a developer or a person who's testing things, that's that's for sure uh, super super cool. And and for us as but a Microsoft, about, we can spin up so many tenants as as needed for testing and validation. So, yeah. at least in my well, case, it's guess, like, oh, this is expired again. Oh, that's expired again. Okay, fine. So uh, I just need to be yeah. more structural, like you are, while they come down. So. Well, but these days, like we live in browsers and we have profiles. Sure. But if you think about like uh, mobile devs, like they would have device wall with twenty devices on them, so that you can see your your web app or your app or whatever you build, like load across all of them, right? Yeah. Because, like each yeah. device is different, different screen, sure. different abilities, and you want to be able to test that too, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. just a different oh. version, like virtual version of the device wall. Is the Android Studio and emulators good enough already for that? But but again, so never mind. For yeah, device, still well, need for to, some things, yeah. for something, but yes. you still might need to have like like physical device, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. yeah. True. I think sometimes I've seen things like you know that something works in the emulator but doesn't work on actual yeah. device. I've seen issues. Yeah. Like oh, that. that's so, painful. Yeah. These things yeah, are yes. hard. These <laughs> yeah. things are yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. And and I guess especially with things like touch. Like you need to feel like is the button big enough for you to yeah, work comfortably true. with that? Like mm, does it yeah. you know how it works on the device? Like if it scrolls or animates too quickly or too slowly, whatever. Like these are these are things you can only see on on device. Sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So. Yeah, luckily, nowadays, at least, we are in a relatively well-covered, if you're checking Android and the latest two version of the Android, and then iOS, rather than mm. different operating and systems. And the Windows and phone, right? Stuff. The Windows yes. phone. phone. And, and Symbian. Remember the Symbian phone? Symbian. Check it out. So. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay, yes. <laughs> oh, good old days. No, no, we're just uh, again showing how old we are. This is not good. So. <laughs> I remember texting people in Excel 
on Nokia phone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> Kelly Rowland advertisement. For, for yeah. those who know that, that's really good. So, because I think I've seen that image on Twitter, but I've, yeah, I, 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 that's yeah. the only image I've seen of that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly. the context. <laughs> but she, there was an advertisement. I think it was a Super Bowl advertisement where she was using Nokia Communicator. And you can see that she was using Excel. There was a clip. There Excel. wasn't an ad. Yeah, there, yeah, was, yeah. There, was, there was a clip, a song clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, video. It wasn't a song clip, but, but I guess there was a yeah, yeah, yeah. advertisement. And, and yes, there might be, it's a video as there well. There was the whole where song, song, I think. Yeah, where she's sending an SMS using Excel, and then she got disappointed when nobody responded. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty awkward that you can see that it's Excel. <laughs> well, yeah. actually, the cool thing is, right, like nowadays we can build an Excel scripts. Yeah, you could actually. How do cool that, would it be that you build a script that yeah, does yeah, that? SPFX Office Add-in for like you know texting, yeah. texting yeah. Excel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, and let's then do you it. can send it to Teams and back. Like imagine you can get a response in yes. B in A2 from Teams in your Excel. <laughs> <laughs> That's the killer application. That's the, how we yeah, are. exactly the killer app. Texting in Excel. <laughs> yes. And you can even then even indent like A A1, B2, A3, you know, like you can have <laughs> thread. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Uh, uh, Excel, Excel is the best multi-purpose tool there is. Well, it, it, is, <laughs> it, it, it is for sure one of them. So, <laughs> and it's the used other for better, better tools for texting. I think <laughs> <Yes>. maybe, <laughs> maybe, just maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> choose the tool what fits for the purpose, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when to use what? We need probably a, a chart. Like for texting, don't use Excel. Excel. Use something. <laughs> 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 but the when to use one is is actually a uh, I'm doing a, a donkey bridge here. Uh, so um, segue, donkey bridge in Dutch in Finnish actually the same thing meaning. Yeah. Um, so which is crazy. Anyway, so that's that's interesting. <laughs> uh, language different, but use the right tool for right purposes. An interesting discussion for sure. In, in general, if we from a timing perspective, we need to start summing up as well. But in a Microsoft 365, especially because there's so many tools, so many things, and the ways of doing things. Yeah. Um, what, so related on that one, what would be, let's say, what, what are the tools and, and how is your company building your experiences? So what is the tool stack uh, for teams and for uh, for the product experiences? So, so what kind of things are, is Valor using? Uh, right. So for teams uh, development, uh, like like I myself uh, directly uh, build the manifest directly. So there are I know tools like you know Yeoman Generator and the Devs Dev Developer Portal out there. Uh, that that is something we have used before as well. Uh, Ngrok uh, Ngrok is also something we use quite quite a lot, which is a tunneling service. Uh, so just uh, those of you who, who haven't used NROC yet, uh, for the Teams platform to connect to your local locally running website, you need to give a publicly available endpoint to Teams because the Teams platform is running in the cloud. It doesn't know what local host is. So that's why like you, uh, NROC creates a public endpoint, which points to your current local uh, machine. Uh, so that that is that is essential basically uh, for doing any any teams dev locally. 
Um, then Postman, obviously, uh, for for like you know testing APIs and stuff. So with Valo, like we were recently, uh, we merged together with another company called Starface. Uh, and then we are doing a lot of integrations and looking at their APIs. They are looking at our APIs. So Postman has been really helpful in like, you know, testing out the APIs and stuff. Uh, other than that, we scored with like, you know, lots of uh, extensions. Uh, Visual Studio for .NET stuff um, is, 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 is something. There, there's a few like extensions in, in VS Code as well, mainly for uh, Azure. Uh, Azure related things like ARM templates, which I use uh, quite a lot. Uh, if I go to my like extensions tab. Um, How about yeah. the uh, UI? Do you use React, Angular, Vue, anything else? So React, React mostly. Uh, I think we've always okay. used React uh, together with like the Fluent UI. Uh, and also like mm -hmm. more recently, we have been looking at like, you know, uh, can we uh, can we look at like, you know, some other um other other front end uh, libraries as well but like fluent uh, fluent okay. U, ui and react uh, have been our like you know bread and butter we always always uh, use that uh yeah that's that's more or less like you know our, our uh, uh, so we are focused on like you know typescript react on the front end mm -hmm. and then uh the .net and uh, some a few of our apps do also use node.js in the back end we are just on time, so yes, to wrap up. Yes, yeah, great, yeah. But thank you, Barthaman, for joining on this one. Really, really good discussion, um, and it's always good. I, I, I think one of the stories and cool things is always to hear about what people are building uh, and understanding the technologies, what people are using, and all of that, because that helps on yeah. other partners and and the people in community understand that. Oh, oh, cool, they're using these things. Maybe I'll have a look on that. So sure, sure, really cool stuff. Yeah, we're really happy that, to happy to chat. You know, uh, always yeah. fun talking to both of you. Thank yeah. you, thank you. But I guess um, we'll stop, jump then and next to the articles on the PMP side. Uh, so we'll say thank you, Bartman. Um, have a great yeah, thank you. Few weeks still in India and and um, have a safe travel back to UK. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll come come visit when I'm back back there. So hopefully it will be you know travel would be easier. Hopefully. No. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <Fingers> <laughs> absolutely. <crossed>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. But thanks for having uh, We'll be certainly in touch and, and let's jump the, with Waldeck to the articles. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. And welcome back on the after the interview. So thank you, Bartman, once one more time for joining us. Really, really cool discussion. It's it's I think it's super valuable for everybody in the community to know what other ones are doing. Um, it, it validates their thinking and, and validates their assumptions. And, and it's always better to, I, one of the hardest thing is to be in the front of the, the train or to learn the technology. Um, so having then people who actually do that and share their learnings and, and practices is super, super beneficial. So thank you, Bartman, for helping on that. Yeah, and also the fact like when you when you are by yourself or you only talk to folks around you directly, like you might think, do we lag? Are we ahead of the curve, behind the curve? Like where are yes. we? And then you hear others, yeah. and and it's and it always, it might even help you to kind of get get some of that anxiety off because you're like, you know what? It's it's good. Like we're we're okay. Like we're not yeah. behind. Like other people have challenges too, or we're ahead of the game because we're we already went through this phase. Right. So it's always interesting to see, to look around you really and see 
auditors do. And I guess like 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 interviews like that are a great way to get a peek basically into somebody else's kitchen in a way. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I, I still remember back in when I. I uh, we always go back into this dinosaur discussion, but at some point, as we were shipping on-premises software, one of the most painful things, and this is almost the same thing as, as with cloud, was the fact that uh, you were doing uh, alpha or beta testing or training material for alpha versions of the software, and you got a daily build uh, from engineering, um, and you never knew if it's going to work or not, or if it didn't work, oh, was it because the UI has your- changed. Yeah, or is it, is it or you can't get it configured or installed? Is it now because of you, or is it part of the the product or the setup, or did somebody do a mistake? And that's really, really kind of a challenging thing. And and I guess that's still the same even with cloud because there's there's a lot of tooling which is released in preview, so you don't actually quite know is it now the problem of you, or is it then in the product or in the tooling, uh, or where where's the problem is so. And that's why we need people, and luckily we have community people who are testing out and then sharing their learnings and also letting Microsoft know what do we need. So do we need documentation, setup guidance, uh, if there's issues, finding out those those as well. Because even though engineering is doing a lot of of testing and validation of what they're shipping, it's still engineering. It's it's not those people who build actual solutions on top of uh, that tooling. Or framework or yeah. whatever and, it is. And and that part is really invaluable, right? Because yes. people they have in mind a thing they want to build. And that thing might not be a part of the golden path as it's called, you know, the yes. ideal path that was used. Like because when you build something, you cannot building envisioning any possible thing thing there is. You pick yep. a few scenarios which are the main scenarios that you try to be as varied as as you can. But you cannot include everything, yep. and it's exactly the things that are that stray of of this path that are trying to push the limits. Like these are really interesting because they give invaluable feedback. Like, hey, I want to do this, or I want to use it with this external tool or this other thing, and it's hard, it's inconvenient, it doesn't even work, or it breaks. And these are the things that, well, it's not possible for us at Microsoft to know upfront, right? And the feedback that we get that way is really invaluable because at the end, it makes better product for everybody. Yeah, I, I remember one of the coolest thing in in the in-person conferences is the expo areas for Microsoft engineering as well. What is in-person conference? That's true. Good question. Uh, so um, that's when people actually meet in the same room and talk to each other. Now, so does um, that mean that you open your browser window not in incognito but in your profile? Is that in person? In person, yes. <laughs> Now, but in those conferences, which we used to have, let's see, hopefully we'll get there at some point back, um, having engineering engineers, actual developers building the tooling with you and talk to partners or building capabilities on oh, top yeah. of it. And, and, the, and the, the lights, when the, when you see the engineers' lights, it's like, wow, this is, I've never, t- wow, this is the stuff what you're You're doing what? <laughs> and that's the reaction as well. It's like, we never intended that to be used like that, but that's cool. Wow! So, <laughs> yeah. so the 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 assumptions in the PM and engineering organization versus the reality, and there's this every now and then there's like like, oh my god, I had no idea. So that's yeah, but it's for everything, you know. Like the other day, I saw a movie about uh, that was the uh, behind the scenes of making a a car, premium brand, yep. you know. Yep. 
and basically at some point like they went through the stage where they make a uh a model and all that and at yeah. some point they say someone's someone like 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 what if a person that is taller than two meters like 210 would sit on the back seat and basically they realized that the roof would go like through the middle of the of their head like nobody even thought about it at first and these are people who build their who built cars for for living right like pros yep right so so it doesn't surprise that like there are always edge cases that you might not think of first but they are still there and at the end of the day you want to find a way to accommodate that yep absolutely absolutely cool anyway let's actually jump on the on the articles um so we don't have a massive amount of new articles today but um, and that is our fault yes absolutely 100 percent that and the reason 100%. for that is, is that we're recording just a few days after the last episode, so it's That's just true. a few days of time, so we're not playing fair. We didn't give people enough time to write and share their that is uh, true. 100%. findings. Yes, absolutely. Now, let's start with the Microsoft side of the house. So in the Microsoft 365 blog, there was an interesting blog article related on measure your cloud carbon footprint with the emission impact oh. dashboard in Microsoft 365. This is actually super cool, uh, 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 let's say, way of showing how the cloud is using its emissions and how you can actually impact on those and, and versus the on-premises side of the house. So estimates uh, emissions saved by moving to the cloud. So you can basically have some sort of a high level of view on the emissions which are getting saved. And this is actually really, really cool uh, because of course, as we move from dedicated data centers and hosting in on-premises to centralized hosted uh, capabilities in cloud, it's much more cost efficient and it has less emissions because we can centrally save those emissions uh, by using solar power or wind power and, and think about other ways of saving that thing. Really, really cool. Is this, is this based on research or is it based on the real-time usage of in your farm? Or I, in your, to be honest, or I do not know right now. That That is a really, really good uh, question. Uh, because I guess one thing that I'd love to know, like you deploy all kinds of apps, like you use things. No, it's actually what is the footprint? Yeah. Yes, that's the ah, Brilliant. Yeah. This is so cool. Yeah, that's actually really, really cool. So, but you can see <laughs> the, the trend um, and how things are moving. That's actually really, really cool. So, yeah. Huh. Yeah, and especially if, if you think about it, like if that would include additional apps you add on top and then combine it with tips, like here's how you can make them more efficient, yeah. that would be brilliant. I think that's that would the, be really the cool. ultimate goal of that one uh, is heading to that direction. Because again, if you have super resource intensive application, it will of course consume more energy and power. And then that yeah. will have yeah. more emissions. So it's actually really cool that we are an, an already at this level on thinking, uh, how to how to save planet or or make it make our life greener. So really really cool stuff. So yeah, awesome. On the developer blog side, we had a blog post from Nick around learn how to create secure identity solution using Microsoft's identity platform. And this is really around reminding on the assets which we have available uh, in the docs platform and and how to actually start using the MSAL, how to start using identity platform the basic on, on the authentication of that. And all of this has evolved so much within the past years yeah. uh, to make it easier to consume and, and, and access and to get started. So the documentation is so much better. Uh, I guess yeah. at some point it was quite hard to understand ADL and then, or no, I will, I will not use any of these libraries because I will do the HTTP dance by myself. And, and nowadays it's yeah probably not the wisest thing to do. Well, so. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the key part here is right that whenever you build an app on Microsoft 365, identity is centerpiece. Like it's yeah. the it's it's prerequisite for any of your work, and it's the yeah. first thing. And it's not necessarily the the easiest thing because it's not the thing that that we do that much. You typically do it once, it works, and then you don't do anything more about it. So yep. with that, like we don't we don't get enough cycles to train the muscle to build the muscle, which is why exactly it's extra important for everybody really to understand how it works because you need it in every single app you're going to build on Microsoft 365. You need identity, right? Yep. It's really necessary. And, and of course, we want to make it as easy as possible to anybody to just onboard that and not worry about it. It's like exactly. taking care of, cool, let's focus on the business case. So like yeah. it should be. Now, related on the business cases and related on surfaces, which we have, this is actually a cool update from the Teams JavaScript SDK version 2. Um, so there's an update on the public preview. So Teams apps in office.com and office apps uh, for Windows. And this is really, again, recapping on, on uh, the fact that this is the fact that you can actually take a Teams applications and surface them also in office.com and office in windows so uh, really really cool stuff so saki is is really the he's the principal pm lead uh, on the team of pms uh, working on on this one and extending again the reach of those teams application uh, in multiple new locations so really really cool yep. stuff um, outlook and, and word and and so on and excel so uh, so and and of course the team is always looking for feedback. Uh, so please uh, report any issues in the GitHub and and engage. Let them know what works, what doesn't work, and and if there's any issues for you to get started. So it's super super important. So yes, and also interestingly, like if you think about this ability, what would you like to see? What scenarios yes. does this enable you to 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 do? What else? could you envision with that and what the team should take into account to perhaps introduce at some point? Yes. Like the things yes. that would help you build yep. more compelling apps. Yeah, and that comes back on the discussion which we had just before we started uh, going through the articles, which is uh, the engineers and PMs in Richmond and in Microsoft, they don't necessarily build real-world scenarios. They build a platform for real-world scenarios. And yes, we do research and yes, we investigate and yes, we do interviews, but still, having the input from the real world ISVs and partners is the key for, because that's where it's tooling is getting built for. So everything what we yeah. do in Microsoft 365 platform uh, is getting, is intended to help our customers, our customers and partners. So we need to know what's needed. So in a constructive way. So telling something that doesn't work, different discussion, but what doesn't work? How can I make it work for you? And I understand. And, Anyway, so moving on on the, the list of new articles. So Ika Bass uh, from the Cloud Advocates team, um, Valdex uh, teammate, uh, had a, the weekly uh, blog post related on learn from the community uh, and a chatbot for Microsoft Teams personal apps and group chat. And, and again, a video explaining the case and having discussion with the community members building experiences for Microsoft Teams. So these are really good. Uh, yeah. Coming back on, even on the discussion today with Vartaman, so coming back on understanding what other people are building, how they're building that, what's the scenario, um, to kind of spark ideas and, and being like, oh, that's actually really cool. What if we would, in our case, do this? Oh, that's worth of billions. And yeah, and hopefully yeah. that's the case. Now, uh, we also had a, a blog post related on the Viva Connection uh, custom uh, design guidance updates uh, for custom cards and quick views. And, and this is basically something which we've been working, I think, 
the first update came during the holiday season, um, and then we've been working on adding additional samples available uh, on the Viva Connection card. And this really focuses on the fact that uh, quite often the first impression with the Viva Connection might be that, well, the UX and Viva Connection cards uh, is based on adaptive cards. Can adaptive cards look nice? And the answer is yes. And they can actually look yes, pretty cool and pretty nice. Uh, that requires some level of a work to make it happen. But what we've done is that we provided uh, samples in Kiton, which you can download and reuse. And, and they're all being presented uh, in the documentation as well for Viva, Viva Connection. Um, and it basically demonstrates the power of adaptive cards as well. Um, and they by the way, really nice. Really, really cool that from the sample in the GitHub uh, is you can find it, you can download the chase and all of that, but you can actually open it in Designer. So you can actually go then to the Adaptive Card Designer and see it in there. Um, and then you can actually preview it that that, really uh, cool. with the right thing. So that we're really convenient. working with the Adaptive Card team of making things happen. And now if I go to preview mode, I can actually say that there's a nice carousel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. This looks you can really do, you sweet. You can do image carousels in adaptive card. That's insane. Well, mm. yeah, kind of. Today so. I learned. Yeah, exactly. So really, really cool stuff. Good. Uh, then we had a new uh, intro zone podcast uh, with Mark Cashman um, and talking with Michelle and, and Ben and really focusing on the Microsoft lists. Uh, MF, uh, what is it? Microsoft list? Uh, MSA. MSA. Okay, so there, so there we go. So that's the, the the MSA discussion. Now, even for me as a Microsoft employee, I was like Microsoft list MSA. What is an MSA? <laughs> Again, Microsoft so, accounts. No accounts. Yes, Microsoft list for personal accounts or Microsoft list for uh, consumers, maybe. Uh, yeah, that, I don't so know. So basically, would would it be the same account that you have for Hotmail from way yes. back when? Outlook.com nowadays. OneDrive. Is, yes. is that also the same oh, account? That's true. Xbox? Yes, no. exactly. The same account as Xbox. Yes, that is true. That's actually the same. I don't account. have an Xbox, so I don't know, but. Yeah. But that's your basically non-work account because quite often you have non-school, your non-school, non-work. Yeah. Yes, non-school, not not work, and then your personal account. Where, at least in my case, all of the the games which our kid is buying, all of the Xbox installations, all of that is based on that account. So, and now you can actually you start using Microsoft lists for those accounts as well for free. So, and it's in preview. So, really, really cool. So discussion. you can keep track of all the games you bought in a list. That is true rather than necessarily doing that in Excel. <laughs> well, maybe you'll actually see them from the account of Microsoft.com. But anyway, so that's a separate discussion. But really very cool. Uh, you can create uh, lists and share those with your, let's say, uh, loved ones or family, and then access all of the lists together and then share information. So maybe we're using, for example, on OneNote with my wife for shopping notes and shipping mm -hmm. lists. So maybe we'll move yep. to use Microsoft List for that. So. Exactly. And the cool thing is, right, that the first impression people get when they talk about lists, like to do. So what is the difference between to do? Well, lists aren't necessarily only for tasks. Yes. Basically, anything that you can have, it can be a list of people, list of whatever. Yep. Any kind of list you can think of, it can be that, right? It doesn't need to be a task. So, yes. and the cool thing is, is that when you create a list, there are a few templates from which you can choose, which are yes. kind of inspiring of what you could use it for. So with yep. that, like, give it a try, have a look what is available. And I bet that probably over time, there will be more, more templates available, yep. right? 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So um, additional templates in this side and then, of course, enterprise side, there will be a, there is already an opportunity of creating custom templates. And simple examples would be something like you're getting prepared for a holiday trip um, in your country or outside yeah. of country. You need to make a notes on what are the things which we need to take into account, what are the things which we need to back to the backs and all of that stuff. So just having a location where you can collaborate with other people in a constructive means. So constructive ways. English is so hard. Efficient, efficient way, quickly. Yes. You can, you need yes. to easily, you know, you can just yes. easily collaborate with others. Now you start sounding like a marketing person. Now, um, we're all in marketing. <laughs> yeah, kind of, that's true. Now, uh, so this one, uh, connecting to SharePoint Online using managed identity with credential access permissions. And this is really, really cool uh, from Stian, Struse. Uh, and really focused um, on the granular permission on the Azure AD application. So using the site selected graph scope um, and how that actually works and explaining the details and creating the application and then granting those permissions. So this is already getting us towards the back on what we used to have with OAuth and Azure Contents uh, in some level. So you can actually grant permissions of an application in a site collection level in a specific sites. And that's that's already a really good step forward. Maybe one thing to call out though is that you need to be an administrator to actually grant those permissions still. So you as a site collection administrator, you cannot grant permission to no. that site collection. So, which is then maybe potentially the next step forward in the future, so we'll see. But again, this is already enabling us to have an applications which have a permissions not cross the whole tenant, but rather on a specific site which is really, really cool. Exactly. And also, you, you don't need to use a service account, no credentials yes. laying around, no secrets that expire. Like So these are basically the two things, like why this solution is really, really key. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And, and, and I want to call out Jeremy Kelly uh, from my team, uh, who's been pushing on this. He's the PM. And not about Jeremy Fake, obviously, in CrashSite, has been pushing ODSP team to make this happen. And then Jeremy Kelly is the <laughs> one who's been BMing on this one. So, uh, so many Jeremy's. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, then uh, Peter Venstra had a new blog post. Uh, on copy SharePoint files from one tenant to another using Power Automate. And that's actually pretty cool as well. So um, if you need to transition or publish things across the tenants, uh, you can actually do that with Power Automate. Uh, and Peter actually works through that scenario and, and how it can be done with Power Automate and Automate. And Peter is really sharing a lot of, lot of great tips related on Power Automate in his blog with a weekly or even daily process of new stuff and, and, and findings, which yeah. is super, super cool. Thank you, Peter, on that. Now, we also had a, a new videos from the Cloud Advocates uh, team. Uh, so Dan Walling is he's one of the key Cloud Advocates for Microsoft 365. And he had a nice, cool video related on building real-time uh, collaborative app in the real-time collaborative app series. And this video is about using the Fluid Framework. So uh, how do you actually use that within your application for real-time collaboration in the same document. So um, the Fluid Framework is really the technology behind of the Microsoft Loop and those Loop components as Microsoft Teams. But you can actually take that into account, uh, into a use in your custom application as well. So really, really cool 20 minutes uh, on that. That's a great lunch break time to watch and learn while you're eating. So, But that's what I do in my lunch because this is my lunch room. So. <laughs> I don't. 
matter of a preference. I go out with the dogs on the morning, so you'll. Have a there you go. Daytime. Exactly. I don't have a dog even. There you go. Right. Yeah. Okay. I highly recommend. No, never mind. Now, um, <laughs> we have two dogs and two cats. You want one? So anyway. Uh, So uh, Tom Morgan uh, had a really cool video as well, uh, 90 to 20 minutes again, actually, uh, from a timing perspective, which is actually showing how would you take your Teams application and get it actually exposed also in Outlook. So this is really around the, what Zaki was showing us in the previous slide, uh, so the Teams JavaScript SDK v2. And then Tom Morgan, who's an MVP, uh, focused on the Teams development, is, is showing how that can be done in practice and in real world. So uh, just the same use case example uh, in both applications. So really, really cool. If I'm not mistaken, actually, the, the to-do list is one of the samples in the Teams Toolkit v3, which actually has this the kind of a starting point for showcasing the power of the v2 SDK. So, yeah. So into Teams Toolkit V3, you can actually go and create a new solution based on a sample, and it's available there as a, okay, so cool, I can have a starting point based on this sample. So really cool stuff. Yep. Now, we also had, uh, we wanted to talk about some uh, scripts. So so just to point out, so uh, Paul Bullock uh, is is leading the effort uh, with all of the, the awesome contributions from the community of collecting Microsoft 365 specific script samples uh, into a single uh, repository. So this is really intended to make sure that the really cool, useful samples are not stored across the world in a GitHub and nobody finds them. Let's actually surface them in a one location. So I can come in here and say, uh, I'm looking for stuff around migration and I will find uh, scripts related on migration or I'm looking into doing something related on product and in Microsoft Craft and I will have access on uh, Microsoft Craft specific script or capabilities or automation and all of that. So authentication with and call with Microsoft Craft and all of that, but you have samples available to take advantage. That's really the key in here. Now, in here, uh, just a good example of a great collaborative community-driven work uh, is to list all external users in all site collections, uh, which have been provided in CLI for Microsoft 365 with SharePoint Online Management Cell and PMP PowerShell. So it's a great example of multiple people. So Albert Jan, uh, Paul, and Chandani working together one by one con contributing an individual sample. So really, really cool stuff. Again, and it's then a matter of an opinion and preference. Do you want to use CLI, SPO Management Cell, PMP PowerShell? So, exactly. Yeah. Uh, also related on this samples, so we do do also have other samples. So this one is is for the Viva connections. So we do have uh, SP Dev FX ACs, uh, really focused on the Viva connection adaptive card sample uh, repos, and one of the new samples there this week. Um, so this is first of all managed by Derek and, and uh, David Warner. So this repo as a submission side, and then one of the new samples this uh, in this repo was uh, from Sumi Sarraf. And so, Madeep, I do apologize on the pronunciation, um, but basically, uh, football staffs in an ACE, so really kind of showcasing uh, the integration of an ACE to an external API. And this is actually not really that somebody would necessarily use this in their real-world uh, UX and real-world mobile experience, but it showcased connecting to an external API and then surfacing that information using adaptive card technologies uh, in an ACE, which we tend to have all of these samples we shown in the desktop, but 
the primary use case obviously is in a mobile side of the house. So uh, accessing that card and the information quickly using the mobile. So great work over there. And that's it for now. So what's happening this week? I have a pretty relaxed week coming up. Oh, really? Well, this moment, as this up. one goes live, this one goes live, uh, uh, I should have gone already to spa, cross-country skiing, and yeah, hanging somewhere else. So. Yeah, I might have answered a few emails, met a few people. On the other hand, if you are not there, then I will half of not, your time, not, have, not meet anybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like half of, of my time is like, yes. what will I do? <laughs> right? So one of the things that I'm currently working on is trying to see how we can integrate MSAL Angular with Teams, right? I'm trying to, yeah. to build a web app with SSL for Teams that works both inside Teams as well as outside Teams just as a web app. And ideally, I want to find, see if there's a way to do it in a way that you don't need to basically rebuild the app twice and do all the calls twice, do auth twice. Let's funnel the different ways in which we obtain a token into a single place and from that just have app like one consciousness about a user yep. right so i'm working on that um another thing that is interesting is also thinking more about the angular part is i'm working with a few other guys uh in our bigger team to see like how could we improve the development experience for angular devs around teams like imagine you are an angular dev you use angular cli like that is your tool chain how yep. could we plug into that to let you easily create a Teams tab with SSO enabled and with all the artifacts like having an AAD app, deploying the app to Teams and whatnot. So we're experimenting yep. around that. We're making some good progress there. So I hope that in the next few weeks or so, I hope that we will be able to share more. So definitely stay tuned for, for that. And other than that, we're working on a few concepts for CLI for Microsoft 365. Like the other day, we released a preview version with CLI with an API so that you can use CLI as dependency in whatever you're building to call commands. You don't need to go through shell and then back, but you can just call it yep. as an API as dependency. And then another thing that we're working on together with Alex Terentia from the SPFX uh, team is to offer a command that allows you to verify integrity of your SPFX project. So yeah. are your dependencies set up correctly? Do you have anything defined twice or, or in a way that might be not the best way around it? So we want to yeah. find ways like how can we check the project you build and verify that it's built the right way. Yeah, uh, it, it's actually awesome to have Alex on the team because Alex has a real-world ISV experience building on top of SPFX for Microsoft Teams um, and, and of course, for SharePoint. Uh, so now that he's inside of Microsoft helping on things, he's really making a big difference. So really, really cool for that. Now, in my case, of course, uh, right now, this week, uh, as this goes live, we're ha having a family vacation. But last week, we released the SharePoint framework 1.14 which at the time of this recording hasn't yet happened, but it's going to happen within... So you're taking a bet. You're going there on a limb, like, oh, <laughs> yes, I yes. hope we did, because otherwise we need to cut it. No, no, <laughs> and let, let me be clear. It's ready to get released. We, we pushed out for a just the scheduling uh, and uh, scheduling reasons uh, one day forward. So it was basically a decision made and a late uh, Wednesday evening to push it on, on Thursday uh, morning Pacific time. So just basically marketing reasons, so nothing more than that. So it's ready to go. It's just a matter of clicking a button. 
Woohoo! Yay! But that's really cool. So 1.14 is out, and then 1.15 is coming still this half. So before scheduled to to get out in by end of June uh, with additional capabilities, and then hopefully two more versions by end of this year in SPFX. And really focusing again on the improvements in Microsoft Teams, Microsoft Viva, and and of course SharePoint absolutely as well. So cool. But cool. I think that's it for now. So thanks everybody for watching, listening, and we'll be back with the new PMP Weekly within a week. Cheers. Yes. Well, actually, next, yes, when you listen to this, <laughs> it's going to be a week. I'm like, we're not going to be back next week because you're not there. But yeah, it's going to be by the time you listen to this, it's, it's going to be next week. Definitely. Stay tuned. Exactly. Stay tuned. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.